So this is another episode of Third and Long. I'm Chandler. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. And that is right. Another person on our podcast for Third and Long. Three people. Oh, it's just too good to be true. Let's go. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Can't wait. And we are here once again to give you the latest sports news. Well, where should we start? Some uh, NFL free agency talk, maybe. Franchise tag uh, deadline was yesterday, getting all into the prep for that. And I was not surprised, but sad to see that the Packers, my my, my team, did not uh, franchise Aaron Jones. Wasn't too surprising to me, but sad that he will most likely be leaving. Yeah, I, it was sort of like, I think they're going to try and bring him back still, but with, with AJ Dillon, you know, in, in the, uh, waiting in the wings, you know, could, could see him going, but I think it'll be like, a not a like depressed free agency, but like people are going to get a lot less money than maybe they're expecting. So he could end up coming back on a cheaper, like one year prove it deal or something like that. I agree. That is definitely true. I specifically, um, remember a game in which the Packers played the Titans, A.J. Dillon was in there. Um, and he was just running people over, going all over the place. So I'm, I'm not surprised that they didn't tag Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is very good, but I think they're going to go in a different direction here. I wonder where he'll go, though. I think it'll be interesting to see if a team is going to, you know, pay him like a starter salary or if they're going to bring him in just to be a backup with experience. I'm not totally sure right now. I heard talks of uh, Miami of maybe him one. Yeah, that could be a fit. There's a lot of running backs in there are this year because I thought the Seahawks were definitely going to like keep Chris Carson and like he's yeah yeah. I was like very surprised. Definitely. Another thing um, we should mention is uh, Dak Prescott's new contract. That was, I think well-deserved and long overdue. I think he deserved that money a long time ago when he was asking for it. And it surprises me that they give it to him now after that horrible injury. That's what I was going to say. Like a guarantee that he's going to be the same player. I think he will, because I respect Dak a lot. I'm a Giants fan, but I think Dak is a great player. I think he'll be fine. I just, I'm just surprised they give it to him with the risk of him possibly not being the same quarterback that he was yeah definitely thought they would have uh seen him play some before offering that big of a contract yeah 40 million a year that is that's definitely top-notch money for a quarterback that's for sure yeah when like when I was like looking up the contract details and they're like you know he's making 75 million dollars in year one I'm like what like he's like like where where did all this money come from like I thought the Cowboys you know they're like didn't have that much money they're like overpaying like Ezekiel Elliott you know they're paying a lot of money to Amari Cooper they like well, this, they are it's they're crazy. they're also paying Jalen Smith who's a linebacker they're paying him like a very big contract as well and then Zeke and then Amari Cooper so I'm surprised they kind of dished out the funds but I, I guess the quarterback's the most important position so I guess they didn't mind too much giving him that kind of money like I said I think he deserves it I think it should have happened a while ago but you know I, I guess better late than never 
Yep, and more quarterbacks. Roethlisberger signed uh, for the Steelers for next season as well. Uh-huh. While the Redskins released Alex Smith. Not a huge surprise. Which was surprising. I mean, really? I'll be honest. I didn't think he was that good last year. He was kind of just they, – they gave him the Comeback Player of the Year award because of – he he shouldn't have been even been like on a football field, and the fact that he was playing, and he played in a playoff game that well, he didn't actually play in that game, but the fact that he got them there, I guess you could say, is part of the reason why he won. But at this point, I, I think um, the Redskins got not the Redskins. I'm sorry, the football team. I, I keep messing that up. They got to move on. I think the Steelers also should move on. I don't. Big Ben's like what thirty eight. I think they got it. They should either draft a quarterback or or get one for agency. I think they should even trade up to get one in this draft. This is like a this is the draft to get one in my opinion. So they should definitely try to use their assets correctly and trade up to get a guy that they think could be a franchise quarterback. I agree. Firm believer of the Steelers' record being a fluke. Yeah, I think those uh, those first eleven games they played some pretty bad teams, but I, I don't know. I think I think Ben Roethlisberger he, he showed he still had some stuff left in the tank, but does he have enough to get them to a Super Bowl victory in the next maybe two years? I don't know. His mobility big concern. I, the arm strength's still there, but if is if they can't protect him properly, like if they let Villanueva leave in free agency, you know they they don't address all of the other needs uh, i'm not sure he needs a lot of pieces in order to be successful i'll be honest this is going to be an unpopular opinion i think the steelers are frauds i knew they were frauds i was saying it after they were 11 and 0 i'm like this team is not that good I, they don't scare me and i was right they lost in the first round they lost like what did they go to like 11 and 5 12 and 4 they were terrible at the end of the year and i just knew it i mean they have a good defense but i just i don't know i i had a gut feeling i guess but i was right so they had an easy schedule and they, they weren't by a lot on their wins they didn't play anyone that i thought was like such a tough challenge maybe besides the ravens that they beat but other than that they played like easy teams like they played the giants and you know like that was not going to be a tough game yeah i it, it's interesting i think they're one of the most interesting teams going to next year just because you you don't know really where they are you know they they there's one direction, you know, a lot of the people think, you know, okay, it's time to like take it down. Let's sort of rebuild the offense. You've got like Juju Smith Schuster going into free agency, you know, or you, there's the other path where they had a lot of injuries on defense, you know, Ben Roethlisberger his first year back, they had some success. So it's, it's sort of hard to know. I think they're going to go into next year, try and compete one more year and then see where it goes from there. But they, they have a lot of needs to address, especially since they're losing a, a lot of players in free agency. How about the J.J. Watt signing with Arizona? That was surprising. I, was I, I, didn't, yeah, I did not see that coming. No way. I know, neither did I. And for the money he got, too, that was just such a big contract. I think that was – the Cardinals, I think, offered him the most money. So, logically, he went there, I guess. But – that that makes that team, uh, I think, a real threat. I, I already like I like the Cardinals a lot. I'm a big Kyler Murray person. Um, I think he's he's very good. I think he's a top ten quarterback. But I think getting JJ Watt helps that defense out. That was kind of their 
the part of their team that was holding them back. So I think now that they got some pass rush, I think they could be a real contender next year, even in that division, which is such a good division with uh, the Niners, the Card- uh, the Seahawks, and the Rams too. I think they can compete now. I really think they can. Yeah, no, that that pass rush with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watts going to be like, Great. I mean, they're going to lose, they're going to lose Hassan Reddick, of course, probably. And I can't imagine they, yeah. they could resign him too, but that I'm, I'm interested to see what they'll do in the secondary too there. Yeah. I mean, they, they have Luke Baker who was an all pro who was, who was very good. Obviously he's kind of famous because he, um he got chased down by DK Metcalf somehow. That was a crazy play, but uh, yeah. Um, Patrick Peterson, who used to be like one of the best corners in the league is like uh, getting older. So he's not what he used to be. So yeah, I think in the draft, they're going to, they're going to definitely go defense to try to shore up that secondaries. I think if they do, they, like I said, they can definitely uh, win that division. If they, if their defense plays up to par, they can hundred percent. I think we should also mention one thing in football, the lions didn't tag Kenny Galladay. So he's set to become a free agent. And as you know, I think him and Allen Robinson are the main targets. I don't know if the Bears did anything with Allen Robinson yet, but Kenny Galladay is going to be a free agent. So it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes. Obviously, as a Giants fan, I would love to bring in Kenny Galladay. He is, I think he's, I think he's underratedly, I think anyone on the Lions is kind of overshadowed. So I think he is, he's a great receiver. He's fast. You're just going to bring – I think the Giants need, like, a number one receiver. So, instead of drafting one, we can get one that's proven already. I think a lot of teams would like to have Galladay. But I think um, – I really don't know where he'll go. I, I just think it's interesting that they didn't tag him and they're letting him kind of test the market. Yeah, he'll be he'll be a hot commodity, I think. I, I saw a lot of rumors about, like, the Dolphins looking for him as well. I think the Giants, uh, obviously, they, they could use him. But unless they sign – Leonard Williams to a long-term contract They're They're in some cap difficulty. So yeah. I think I, they'll probably, I hope they sign Kenny Dalladay, but you know, it, it, it's looking more like he'll go, he'll go to a team with some more cap space. Yeah. I, I hope that I hope they honestly, I like, I love Leonard Williams too. He was this defense last year. I did not expect it to play as well as it did on um, the pass rush was definitely a concern and while the Giants didn't have, like, that much of it, they definitely had some from guys like Leonard Williams, who, when they traded for him, everyone criticized the GM, saying, like, oh, it was a stupid trade. It worked out, though. He, he had 11 and a half sacks, which was, which was huge, a career high. So I think we do have to give him some money, um, but I, I obviously would like to get Galladay. But if not, I, I think the Giants should definitely draft a receiver or a tight end, uh, especially Kyle Pitts. That could be a – a big move, I think, that can really bolster this offense, which was kind of a struggle last year. A struggle indeed. Say the least. <laughs> Say the least. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, hope hopefully they if they don't address the wide receiver position, they will be another hope. They they can only hope for a six and ten season. They'll if they, they need to if they can get like some, if they can get Kenny Goddard, that'd be great. You know, if they can get someone like Curtis Samuel or Corey Davis, pair that with like a, you know, Jalen Wall or Kyle, um, Kyle Pitts, they, they'd be, yeah. deep, I think that'd be very good. I'd be interested in that. Yeah. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be something special. I mean, he just, he's, he's six, six and he has like wide receiver speed, which is just a recipe for success. 
Um, yeah, the Giants right now, they don't really have an established number one receiver. They have good receivers. I just think the ones they do have, like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slay, and they're more of like slot receivers. If we got like a nice, you know, guy that can really take on a majority of the targets and then draft Kyle Pitts, that that's offense is looking a lot better than it is now. I feel like, see, being a Packers fan, they only have their number one receiver. They don't have any other receivers. I mean, they had people stepping up this year, St. Brown, MVS, but they need to get some in the draft and be looking in free agency. I, I think you guys should sign, like, Curtis Samuel. I think that would be, like, a perfect oh, sign. Or, or Will Fuller or something. Will Fuller would be a great fit, I think. That would be a perfect fit alongside Devontae Adams because he's fast and he's just like, he's a good complement to any receiver. So I think, but again, the Packers for some reason just refuse to give Aaron Rodgers any help on offense. So that's not going to happen. I don't think, sorry to disappoint you. But that's how this has been going <laughs> the past, his entire career, actually, to be honest. Uh, moving on to some MLB. Yeah. Um, I, um, I'm a huge Mets fan. So I'll just start with this. I usually don't have any expectations because when I do, they disappoint me. But I'm on paper. I think the Mets look like they could contend. I mean, obviously, they traded for Francisco Lindor, which is huge because he is obviously a top five shortstop and a top 15 player, in my opinion. But uh, And the pitching staff is obviously good with Jacob deGrom, obviously. I think he's the best pitcher in the league, but... Yeah, I, I think the Mets could contend this year. I don't want to have too much hope because whenever that happens, they end up just disappointing me every time. Did you uh, did you guys see the Mets? I it was I think it was t- earlier today or yesterday. They were in spring training. They were s- practicing their World Series celebration. Like they were getting. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of want to not acknowledge that because that, <laughs> that was that was like because you you mentioned like the high expectation. That's like the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. That's they're, exactly they're already right. ready to go, you know, but that's like the type of team that will like, and like everyone's like would mock them now, but then they're going to like, actually like that'll come in handy when they win the world series. Like, oh, I, don't I don't know, know about that, <laughs> <laughs> but NL East will be an interesting division. Yeah, I, I will. Um, the Braves, I think are the best team in that division. They're the most well-rounded. I think I pick, I pick them to win it. The Phillies are weird. Um, you know, I think, their bullpen was so bad last year. I think they like it. I it can't be that bad again. And obviously, I, in my opinion, this is going to be very unpopular. I think Bryce Harper is overrated. I think they paid way too much for him. Like that 13 year, 300 something million dollar contract. I think he's overrated. But I think the Phillies are still pretty good. And so are the Nats. So it's going to be a tough division to win. I think the Mets had the talent too. But again, it's the Mets, so who knows? We can end up winning like 70 games and not even coming close. The Phillies blew out the Yankees when it was that, a few nights ago. It was like 13 to zero. Yeah, they did. It's the Phillies have been so weird this spring train because they like uh they're just like playing like Bryce Harper's played like one, he played like one game, he hit a home run is like his second pitch. Like, you're done. You're you're good, you're right for the season. <laughs> like, all right, you know, fine. And then like they JT Real Muto, he had like played like catch, breaks his hand, like great, you know, like it just keeps getting better. But I, they made a lot of additions to the bullpen this offseason. So hopefully 
that will be improved a little bit for them because I can't I can't even imagine if it could get any worse than last year. That was quite scary. But I I do think the Mets will be good. I think the Braves will be good. It's just there there's gonna be the Marlins were great, very good last year, beat expectations. So it'll be a hard division. There'll be I think probably there'll be one at least one wild card team from the NL East. So it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Tight tight tightly contested. I agree with that. Um, are you? Well, what fans are you guys? I don't really know. Yankees. I'm a Phillies fan. Oh, you are a Phillies fan. That's interesting. I didn't mean to bash your team, but <laughs> no, we we deserve to be bashed. Like we really do. Yeah, contact. It's been better though since Dombrowski came in. I I've liked the moves that he's made. Like I liked Brandon Kinsler. I think he's very underrated. Alvarado's already throwing a hundred, so it'll be good. Yeah, Alvarado. Um, was he the the reliever from the Rays? Yeah, he's yeah. very good. He's um he he has some nasty pitches. He's gonna be good. But I think I don't know where I, I, there was like a stat. Their bullpen yard last year was like five or like around five or six, which is like terrible. And so I think that can't be nearly as worse. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, I forgot about the Marlins too. They have um they made the postseason last year, which. Before that, they'd only made it twice and won the World Series both times, which is which I think is crazy. But um, yeah, they they made it, um, and th- they have a good team too. They're they have a young good team, so I think every team that division is going to be competitive. It's not going to be easy to come out on top. So if you do, I think the team that wins that division could be a favorite to be uh, to win the National League. Oh, the Do- the Dodgers are ridiculous. Yes, and the Padres. You can't and the Padres. Too. I, I don't know. That is going to be a crazy race down the stretch. I mean, I the Padres are – they have the this crazy good pitching rotation. They have Tatis and the Dodgers who are just loaded with talent. Obviously, like Betts, Bellinger, Kershaw, Bueller, all these guys. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting when they go head-to-head. I think the Dodgers are still going to win that division, but – at the end of the day, anything could happen. It's it's 162 games, so you know, any every year something crazy happens. How about has anything been announced yet about what they're doing if they're following the same COVID kind of schedule like last year? Like, how did they just play geographically, or are they actually I, having a real schedule? I read that it's going to be 162 games, and for as for COVID protocols, if their games if there are games that are postponed from COVID, they're going to do seven inning double headers, which they did last year. But as for that, I think um, besides that, it's just going to be a normal thing. And I, and I think a lot of stadiums are having fans. I just saw today, Texas um, reopened like their whole state, like a hundred percent. So they might have full capacity opening day. So that's really interesting. That was great. Like when I saw the Rangers were having a hundred percent capacity open opening day, that was like shocking to me considering yeah, like, right? they had no fans, like the NBA, they're like just bringing like fans in like the Knicks, you know, they just like February, like 20, like third or something. They had like, like 2000 fans, you know? And then like the Rangers, they're just like, yeah, you know, all back to normal. We're all good here. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I just feel like the MLB probably feels like they messed up because since seeing so many NFL teams have people in their stadiums like in the fall and then MLB just kept playing all summer and fall without fans like pretty much. And so probably just like, man, 
like we really messed up but at least then there'll be home field advantage back for this uh spring that'll be interesting it's like some teams like the teams in texas i'm sure the teams in florida too they'll probably have a lot of fans and then there'll be teams like in the northeast you know the yankees the mets the phillies those types of teams that will have much lower capacities and the home field advantage is going to be very skewed at least at the start probably I think it's interesting. You know, this past year we went through almost every, every league got through their seasons without fans. And it's one of those aspects I miss about the game. Like you miss the crowd roaring, like you know, people would be hitting walk-off home runs last year and just be dead silent. Um, but I think you're right. The, the fans definitely do have an impact. I already know the Mets are having fans because I actually already bought tickets to a game. So I know that they're going to be having fans. And um, but one thing I think is interesting is if you remember the Mets traded for Edwin Diaz and uh, Robinson Cano. And then the first year Edwin Diaz was here, he was totally horrible as the closer. He was so bad. He got demoted, got like demoted from that role. And then last year he was, was back to his, his usual self. And I honestly think part of it is because there were no fans. I, whenever he would get called into the game, in like 2019, the fans would boo him all the time. Like they would, you would hear it on TV. And I think without the pressure from fans, some guys benefited, you know, they don't have to worry about getting booed or anything. So I think that you'll see some players this year struggle a bit, especially ones that pitch in New York, maybe Garrett Cole. We don't know. He didn't pitch in front of Yankee fans yet. That'll be interesting. That is true. Especially like for pitchers, like you're saying, the how the no fans kind of works in their favor and then, kind of got used to it now have to go back to playing with fans whether they're supporting you or not yeah because they they had all the fake like uh crowd noise was only positive yeah (laughs) i think that didn't the eagles though this year like they had like booing from their like fake fans i don't know i didn't know that did they i i feel like they might have but i don't know i don't know if that's like factual or not maybe like real fans Maybe they had their real fans there and they were like booing because that would be hilarious. Like, like if, um, you know, so if somebody blows the game, you have like all these like create, you know, when like the Falcons, like they had like the like illegal or whatever, like pump noise and you like, yeah. pump, like ridiculous booing in. I would be dying laughing. That would be so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I can't wait to uh, get back in the atmosphere going to a baseball game in the summer is awesome like it's a cool night uh, everyone's having a good time you know the hot dogs the peanuts the ice cream whatever it is it's just a it's vibe just, it is it I, I i swear i mean you know people can bash baseball for how boring it might be but you you can't beat like that atmosphere at the game it's just such a good such a good time to go do with whoever you want and you know, I've never, I've obviously never been to a playoff game because the Mets really haven't made it. I mean, the one time they did make it to the World Series, I didn't, I didn't go to any of the games, but I can only imagine what that atmosphere is like when it's, when it's postseason time. I'm hoping this year that'll happen, but again, I don't want to get my hopes up too high or else they just come crashing down. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to make some big jumps this year. I think like the Athletics, the White Sox, the Blue Jays. I think those three teams have a lot of potential, especially in the AL. I think that's very wide open. Besides like the Yankees and like the Rays, I feel like that the AL is very open. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see like 
who because I the Rays they lost a lot of pitchers this offseason. So I think it's like the Yankees and then you know everyone else. So it'll be interesting to see like how how it all pans out over an 162 game season. Yeah, I really like oh no, go ahead, go ahead. You can go. I was gonna say I wish that they were keeping the extended playoffs with with more teams because that'd be cool to see just more competitors and more teams having a greater chance, as we've talked about before. I think they might be having that still. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I almost... They were. No, they're not. Yeah. Oh, they're not. I wasn't sure. I, I, thought, I thought I heard they were, but um, I actually like it with only 10 teams because if you actually do make it, you know you deserve to be there. You don't have, like, some, uh, you know, under 500 teams making it. You just don't want the Mets to make it and then lose to some bad team. Yeah, I don't want them to get to, like, uh, yeah. like, win 80 games make it and have to play the Dodgers and get destroyed in the first round. I want to like actually make it and uh, be good. You know, but I don't know. I, I think I oh, go, like, go ahead. Uh, no, like, I don't know. I, I liked it. Like I, I like the, like I understand the, the prop like one within 162 game season. If you have an extended playoffs, does it like lessen the importance of some of the games during the season, especially for teams that are like better probably but like i feel like it keeps more of the fan bases involved like with the nba you know a lot of these teams that are hovering around maybe like that six to like 10 range they're like all their fans are super engaged so especially like the phillies last year they would have been like eliminated from the playoffs like three weeks you know to go in the season and like normally by august it's like over for you know a lot of these like mediocre teams but it, it would be interesting, I think, if they, like, tried it out. Yeah, I think it's just fun to see different teams in the mix rather than seeing the same thing over and over, similar to how the NFL did this past year. I love that. I like. I yeah, loved how the awesome. NFL did it. The Super Wild Card weekend was great. Yeah, that was awesome. I, um, I really liked it. I loved seeing, like, uh, the Browns in the postseason. I, I'm one of those people. I don't. I like teams that come out of the cellar. So when the Browns finally made it, and not only did they make it, they beat the Steelers, who I like. I hate the Steelers because I, like I said, I think they're frauds. So the fact that they made it and won a game and then they beat the Steelers, that was just awesome to see. But yeah, for baseball, um, I think it's cool. Like it's definitely cool to see new teams make it. And speaking of new teams, I th- I think the White Sox are um my sleeper team this year to like possibly even make it to the world series. Um, everyone knows they're on the rise. They made it last year. They're, they're a good team. They got some young talent. They've been bad for a while. So obviously they've been like restocking and rebuilding, but I think they're, in my opinion, the biggest threat to be the Yankees or the Rays um, in the American league. I think they're going to really come out this season and show everyone that they're, they're here to stay. It'll be it'll be interesting. I'm excited for it. I think I think there'll be a very good uh, good race for both both like leagues. But I don't know if it's if it's Yankees Dodgers in the uh, World Series. That'll be some fireworks going off if everybody's like healthy. Because I know Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan they just keep getting injured like every single year. But it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I was gonna mention that. Um... Everything with the Yankees is interesting because you could say like, oh, they have this great lineup, but it's, it's always the if because every year John Carlos Stan gets hurt, every year Aaron Judge gets hurt. Injury. The only one 
that's like stayed healthy pretty much is DJ LeMahieu, which he's like, I think, I think he's underrated massively. I think he is, he is so good, but every year it seems like your, your two best power hitters in that lineup get hurt all the time. And it's just like one of those things that you can't guarantee they're going to be on the field. So I think they, I think the Yankees are the best team in, in the American league when healthy, but that's also kind of a big if so. Um, I think they're going to have to like it. Like I said, they're, they have other guys like LeMahieu and Glaber Torres who can carry the lineup. But I think if Judge is, is going to um, really help this team out, he has to stay on the field this year. The Jets had the second pick. Do you guys think they're going to draft a quarterback? Do you think they're going to take a lineman and stick with Sam Darnold? Or do you think they're going to trade back and try to get something out of it? Maybe trade to a team that needs a quarterback that can get up to the second pick. Uh, well, I think it depends a lot on what they address, obviously, in free agency. But at, at this point, like, I think they probably would stick with Sam Darnold another year. if they, Especially there's, like, a lot of really good offensive linemen that they can take. The, like, uh, this, I forget. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Like, yes, uh, whatever. Well, or something. Yeah, yeah. from Oregon. He's supposed to be, like, a, a really good left tackle. And, you know. Like, if they don't address the wide receiver position in free agency, could they, like, make some, like, a Jamar Chase-type, like, shocking pick? You know, you know, you never really know. But I think it'll be interesting. If they do go quarterback, you know, what who, what quarterback would they go for? You know, it's like they could go for Zach Wilson. You go for Justin Fields, you know, Trey Lance. There's there's a lot of different options they could go for, which would, which would make it really interesting. Yeah, and, like, they almost had a chance. But then they messed it up at Trevor Lawrence. But, like, we've talked about before, Justin, how the Jets aren't that bad of a team. Yes, they have a bad record, but they're not that bad of a team. They were losing close games. And I truly – I am a supporter of Sam Darnold. I, I'd i say give him another year. Tr- like, give him another chance. I agree. I don't think he had a fair chance. And I agree with you. The Jets are a good team. They just had a horrible coach. Like that was Adam Gase was one of the worst coaches I've ever seen coach in this league. I think Sam Darnold has just been the like victim of not having weapons, not having a good offensive line, just having a horrible coach that didn't really, that didn't care. You know, he didn't even like try to help him. So I agree. I think they should stick with Darnold. I think they should at the second pick draft another lineman to get a more protection or a receiver. I don't think they should trade the pick and then try to do something in uh, free agency. Maybe they can get Kenny Galladay. That, that's a possibility. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to just boot Darnold right now. I think he has a lot to offer. And speaking of quarterbacks that I think I, um, should have more chances, like people are already saying Giants fans are already want Daniel Jones out. I like Daniel Jones and Joe Judge already said he's going to give him another year I'm one of those people I don't like moving on so fast you got to give the guy like time to develop and see what he could be so I'm I'm all for Daniel Jones uh, sticking around here yeah I think especially with the the young quarterbacks it's a lot about you know their surrounding cast like for instance if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Jets or like the Giants you know is he like as good as he was or those those types of things it's very situational like with both, I think with Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones, this is like this next year is basically it for them. If they, if they don't show 
that they have like something in the tank. They'll probably both be gone, but they, they also both teams have a lot to address. Both the Giants and the Jets need to address their offensive lines and their receiving cores. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, how they pan out as they're both like, you know, young quarterbacks. They've both shown potential. Like just off the top of my head, I still remember like Sam Donald, Donald like carving up the Packers, like his like second year in the league, you know, like looking really good. So, and Daniel Jones, you know, he's had a lot of great games too. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. There are other teams I think that should draft a quarterback. For example, I think the Falcons should definitely, they have the fourth pick, I believe. I think they should 100% take a quarterback. I'd like to see Justin Fields go there. Uh, I'm an Ohio State fan for football, so I am a big Justin Fields supporter. I think he's he's the second best quarterback in this draft, despite what people might say about him. I've watched like almost every game, and I, I can tell you I think he's the real deal. I think the Falcons should take him, and then I think they should trade Matt Ryan to the 49ers because I think the 49ers are like a good quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. I think, honestly, they got like someone like Matt Ryan, who's a veteran, who I think is still good. I think they can uh, win the Super Bowl. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win them a Super Bowl. Got close, but it didn't happen. I don't think it will. So I think that would definitely be an option for them if they want to try to win now, like right now, because I think that's the mode they're in. I'd like to see that happen. I think that'd be cool because Matt Ryan, he doesn't have much time left, but as you said, he is, he has the experience. He's been to the Super Bowl. He knows how to get it done and he'd have the weapons and what he needs in San Fran and he could take that team all the way. And he has finally a good defense around him uh, that won't block. Oh, a 28 to three lead. <laughs> but yeah, he he's um he's like 35 or 36. I'd hate to see him waste the next two or three years of his career, the last two, three, two to three on a team that the Falcons are not going anywhere. Let's be honest until they fix that defense. So bring in another, bring in a rookie, let them learn. And then by the time that the whole team is better, the quarterback will be ready. And then Matt Ryan can go win and get a ring. I think he deserves one. He can go get one in San Francisco and get them a ring that they deserve, I think, because they have a great team. They're they have such a well-rounded team. I think that, like I said, they're ready to win now. They just need a quarterback. So Matt Ryan definitely, I think, would be an interesting choice or interesting option for a trade. Yeah, I think their record this past year doesn't mm-hmm. reflect how good of a team they are. And I think that largely has to do with Jimmy. They were also riddled with injuries. Like everyone on that team, that you could think of that was important was hurt at some point. So I think next year when everyone's healthy, it'll be a much better 49ers team that we saw go to the Super Bowl and um, lose to Patrick Mahomes, obviously. But once everyone's healthy and back to where they, they can be, I, I think Kyle Shanahan, who's the coach, I think he's a one of the better coaches. So he's going to have them ready next year. I think they're going to be my pick to win that division next year, actually. Yeah, it's, especially if they trade for Matt Ryan, they would they'd be very very good. That that would be an interesting trade. I don't know if Matt how much Matt Ryan has left in the tank. I think it's hard to see whether he's declining or if I mean he has like Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Hayden Hurst. You know he's got all these great weapons. So it it's hard to know whether um how much he really has left because the the Falcons offense is solid. And if he went to like the 49ers, he'd probably have a better offensive line, but his weapons would like decline. 
the 49ers, I think, regardless, if they can even get Jimmy Garoppolo back, I think they're right back to being a Super Bowl contender. I agree. And that's why I think drafting a young quarterback would benefit the Falcons. They have all these weapons, like you just said, like Calvin Ridley, Julio, all these guys. So I think bringing in another quarterback, it's not like you're bringing them into the Jaguars who have like nothing. Falcons have a good offense. So I think bringing like um, a, a rookie quarterback would benefit from being in that kind of system. Yeah, that I just think it makes too much sense. Like you can get a young quarterback, let him learn, and then, like I said, bring in. You can trade Matt Ryan and get something back for him. Not going to get nothing. You can get you can get like a um, some draft picks for him. In my opinion, I think it works out for both sides. Like way too much that they should do it. That'd be crazy if you trade like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan to the 49ers. Oh wow! You got like Julio, Debo Samuel, you know Brandon Ayuk, oh, George be- Kittle. You'd be they'd be like the most stacked. It's like that I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl at that point. That's for sure. They'd be giving up a lot of picks though. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another team I think could use a quarterback is the Panthers. Um, I, they had, they had Teddy Bridgewater this year who I think I like Teddy Bridgewater. Just, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback going forward. He's like, a, he's more of a game manager, you know, not turn the ball over, just keep it. Like he's not going to light up the scoreboard. So I think they can benefit from, uh, like Zach Wilson, if he's still on the board when they pick. So I, th- I think they're also another team that can even, you know, like I said, the Steelers could even trade up, possibly get one there. I think there are a lot of teams that could use a quarterback and this is a good draft for it. So I think some of these teams might trade up. We're going to see some, I think we're going to see some trades in this draft of teams trying to come up and, and snag one of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Has trouble, Trevor Lawrence officially announced if he's entering the draft or not? Yeah, he is. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. I, I really thought he'd do another year at Clemson. No, nah, I think he he knows the kind of money he's probably going to get as a, as like a, the first pick. So he's he's just going to suck it up and go to Jacksonville and try to turn that team around, which I don't know how he's going to do Because like you're saying, Justin, this great quarterback is then being put on this not-so-great team, which will then – he'll either – get the team together like how Tom Brady just did for the Bucks, and just really rally it or you'll see this all this potential just go to waste right exactly that's exactly how I see it. you know if the Jaguars don't put the pieces around Trevor Lawrence he's not going to be good like Baker Mayfield he was the first pick he was like decent his rookie year you know then they had bad coaching from Freddie Kitchens and not that good of a team surrounding him he was not good and then they get give him a good run game, give him a good O line, give him a decent defense, and all of a sudden he's solid. So I think, especially at the first couple of years, it's so so important that they give the right surrounding cast. Because no, Trevor Lawrence is good. Don't get me wrong, but if he goes to Jacksonville and Jacksonville doesn't fix a lot of their issues, he won't be very good either. I have faith that he really could have brought the Jets up, but I don't know about Jacksonville. I don't see Jacksonville as highly as I see the Jets. Like, the Jets still have a good team. It was just, as Jay said, the coach. While Jacksonville, I don't see as much potential. Yeah, Jacksonville's, like, already fired, like, one of their coaches. They hired him, like, in a day. He was already, like, gone, fired. Like, that. that's that's already not very encouraging of the new regime there. The only yeah, good player I, that I can think of is, like, James Robinson on the Jaguars. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, he's good, but they they um they hired Urban Meyer, right? 
yeah, yeah. So I think that was um like I said I've I've seen him coach I think that's a good hire he's gonna definitely um demand some uh, respect and effort in that locker room so I think that he's a he's a step up from their old coach of Doug Marone I think Urban Myers like I said he's gonna bring a night a new culture to the locker room he's gonna expect you know a hundred percent effort on every single play it's almost like when you know if you watch the Giants games this year moving on from Pat Shermer to Joe Judge, you noticed that the players were given their all on every play, and they were such a more well-rounded, well-disciplined, and fundamentally sound team than they usually were. You know, it's not even just about um, how good the individual player is. The, a, a good coach makes the most out of the team. The team plays well. They they were disciplined. So I think that's, gonna, that's a good uh, culture change for Jacksonville from what they knew before. So this has been another episode of Third and Long. I'm Chandler. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. And as always at WTSR, we remind you to open your mind.